Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at audible.com. If you use our custom URL at audibletrial.com slash comicpop, you will get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. You can get over 180,000 titles that you can download onto your phone, either i or Android, Kindle or MP3 player. Use that custom URL of audibletrial.com slash comicpop and get yourself a 30-day free trial and one free audiobook download. I recommend The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. After Lord of the Rings hit the scene, I kind of became a fanatic for Lord of the Rings and had to know everything I could know about the universe that Tolkien created, and I started with The Hobbit, and it is a really, really fun book, and it's one that I like to kind of revisit every now and then. This audiobook makes it so much easier for me to just kind of revisit it anytime I want to. So I figured I'd pass the experience and the savings on to you and recommend you download the J.R.R. Tolkien story, The Hobbit. And no, it's not three disappointing movies. It's just one short, fun story. AudibleTrial.com slash Comic Pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. And I'm Joel, the co-host of this endeavor. That's right. Uh, we are going to be talking today about Disney animated movies. Because why not? Because Joel doesn't know anything about Ninja Turtles, and that's what I was going to talk about. <laughs> I know, man. This this was the first time ever where I think you've pitched me an ID, and I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah. And you're like, really? Like, I shocked the hell out of you. Like, I, like I wasn't the person you thought I was. It's true. I was like, I what? Clean. What? You don't know anything about Ninja Turtles? You're like, well, I know that they crossed over with uh, Power Rangers at one point. And I'm like, one- they you did. are killing me. I know, right? Here's the thing. I know about turtles, but I know probably all the wrong turtles. Like, uh, I probably watched more Next Mutation than anything because it was actually the lead-in show to Power Rangers That's on true. Fox back in the day. That's I yeah. watched. I watched a lot of the TMNT from like uh from what was it like the late 2000s? Oh, the movie. So I, no, 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 not the movie, like the TV show they had oh. that was also called TMNT. I know yeah. I know about Turtles, but I know all the wrong stuff about Turtles. That it's actually doesn't really hurt, because uh, I only know the good Turtles, or at least the Turtles people have nostalgia boners for, so... Absolutely. But we'll have, to, we'll have to save that for another episode. Y- I, you mean the people who are going to be uber ticked off when that new movie comes out? Uh, yeah, you know what's funny? I, you know what? Let's save it. I want to talk about that movie and everything else, but we'll save it for another episode. Tell you what, we'll put Turtles on the back burner is what we'll do. We'll put a little asterisk next and maybe we'll get a third person maybe we'll make it like a like a three-person show tag someone in who knows a little bit more than me yes there is a i have a favorite that i want to talk about turtles and i will hopefully get him maybe we'll see if he responds to my emails or if he responds to your tweets is is, is it someone people know or is it someone different i think so i think people know him he did a whole thing about like the ninja turtles animated series uh that's phelan porches uh, oh, yeah, dude. Oh, I know. Yeah, Phelan's Canadian. Exactly. The dude's from Canada. The dude works with a nostalgia critic. He knows his stuff about turtles, and I thought he'd be an amazing guest on the show. Well, you know, Canada's so small and everything. I'll just yell really loud. Yeah. Like, hey, Phelan, you want to do this TMNT show? What you should do is just go to the hockey game and just pick him up. <laughs> the one big Canadian You know, the one day. you guys go to, I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the one we go to all the time. Surely we'll be able to find it there. Yeah. But uh, that said, today we're going to be talking about the uh, the Disney animated movies of our and our parents' childhood. Uh, because we're going we're gonna to do, it's going to be a lot like our DC animated movies uh, episode, where we just kind of went down the line and gave our thoughts slash opinions slash 
tangents thereof. So uh, yeah. thought we'd go with that, if that's cool with everybody else, and of course with Joel. Uh, so we're going to skip over a few things. I'm going to skip things like Saludos Amigos and... Uh, uh, like the the feature-length uh, ones, yeah. Yeah, Song of the South I'm going to leave out because, uh, <laughs> For you know... obvious reasons. Obviously reasons. But like we could, st- I think we could start with Snow White and the Seven Dwarves because it was the first one, more or less? It was, it was Disney's first one. It was his first feature-length, you know, animation is more than just shorts before other movies movies yes. now and uh, in, in comic book uh, language i guess you could say it was like his iron man it was like let's see if this ever works and if it doesn't we're screwed <laughs> pretty much i mean they put a lot into that first snow white that was like a big endeavor on their part no one no one knew what was going to happen with it exactly uh, i went to uh when i was in disneyland which is like the first one and therefore has the smallest castle um ah. because <laughs> Which was a thing that they clearly have, like, a real problem with over there. Uh, I remember when we went there, our tour guide is like, our castle might be smaller, but it is the first one, and it's much better. And I'm like, whatever, I don't I don't care about your castle. Well, you know, it, it's better because, you know, that's where they have the secret vault underneath that houses Disney's frozen heads. Yeah, so, you know, I did not that's... ask about that during our tour. Like, I really you didn't know, ask about you... much of the macabre. I should have. You know people ask about that stuff all the time. Constantly. I'm sure they have a whole, like, hilarious little sketch that they do if there is a jokester on their tour who mentions the severed head of Disney or anything like that. I've, I've never been to any of the Disneylands, but I've always wanted to go because uh, I always wanted to find all the hidden Mickeys that they hid all over the park. There's so many, man. You're going to kill yeah. yourself looking through all those Mickeys. They're all over the place, man. Uh, they also have, like, cats there, like living cats. They have all these feral cats that live on the park. Oh, to hunt mice, I assume. It was super cute. <laughs> Sal is a cat person. I do like cats. I have a few, and uh, it was fun to see them. I will say, not as much as Faust from It's Super Effective. When we were walking around, you know, they had warned us. They're like, there are feral cats, and they're adorable. Um, you'll see one or two probably. And at one point, we were waiting in line, and there was one, and it was very beautiful. It had, like, long hair. It was very cute. And it was, like, kind of like a smallish cat. And so Faust was like, oh! And he reaches for it, and one of the guides like comes out of nowhere and goes, don't touch the cats. <laughs> We don't want a cat-related lawsuit on our They didn't scream at Faust as though he were walking to step onto Odin's throne. (laughs) Which is another thing that happened to But it was uncomfortable for Faust, and it was hilarious for everybody else. Uh, But yeah, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, I don't really... I grew up watching... Like, I've seen every Disney movie from the 30s because my dad is old, and he is like... You've got to watch these cartoons. These were what I watched when I was a child. Like, mm-hmm. this, I, I like, got very much the same thing, and I'm thankful for it all this time later that I have such a frame of reference. It's true. It makes reference, and it also does things you'd never expect. That's the that's the uh, well, it's it, it birthed the like image of like the wicked witch kind of thing, like the old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it put snow white into like the american parlance like it made us actually like Very reference so. it like the the red apple and the, all that crap i don't know <laughs> which which because that's the thing too like uh, a lot of these early disney movies and even later are all based on classic fairy tales snow white being super old and them kind of rejiggering it yeah uh, yeah so that american it was tale. for all modern audiences of 1937 uh, yeah, like isn't the original snow white story called like the ash sweeper girl and isn't it like from china or something probably uh, a lot of them actually are and they much like you know Grimm's fairy tales they all have a much darker twist that Disney kind of like 
puts a puts a cutesy happy ending button on at the end. I uh, it, it, it's funny, you know. I, I can hear the disdain in your voice there for that. I had an English teacher in high school, and he he said very firmly when we did a whole unit on grim fairy tales and everything, he's like, you know, Disney is no friend to fairy tales because they chop out what is it the moral of the story at the end. Yes, and uh, yeah, and kind of like well, first of all, they whitewash it, and secondly, they uh you know americanize it and thirdly they happy ending it it's just it it, beco- it becomes this neutered and thing they, and they to made a multi-billion at. dollar franchise out of tack and a happy ending. right so end. whatever shut up that's where test audiences come from they're um, they're the progenitors of the happy ending as a trope if yeah. you want to look at it that way yeah uh pinocchio's the next one that was the one that like actually kind of like scared me i guess that there was the beginning of the of of the of the fear of Disney because like there's, Snow White's there's, like there's some freaky scary. shit in there yeah yeah like Monstro the whale is scary it makes you like it's funny because you think like whales aren't that scary when you think about it rationally but you watch that movie and like no this whale is a fucking monster that will eat you and I think I think this was the one too that started you know the real blockbuster song because that's the other thing about most Disney movies is their musicals I mean yeah. obviously. The one everyone remembers from Snow White. Hi ho, hi ho! It's that's the one. Yep. (laughs) Total pop culture icon still holds up to this day. And I think for Pinocchio, it's when you wish upon a star. Yeah. Gets me going every time. Oh my god! Not only that, but Pinocchio. Pinocchio also kind of got a resurgence after Joss Whedon appropriated it for his Ultron character. Absolutely right. Which is so amazing they can do that now because Marvel is owned by Disney. There are no strings on me. Although really most sweet Disney songs you could make kind of creepy. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And they really kind of played it up for the trailer. In the movie, he like barely kind of hums it to himself. And you're like, all right, I see. Good. I, I was it, kind it, of worried they were going to make a It's a blink and you'll miss it moment, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about it was it, it's a horror movie in as much as, like, it's just a really, really preachy, douchey story about, like, don't break the rules or bad things will happen to you. Uh, for example, the, uh, the that, that Misfits Island place that all the bad mm-hmm. boys went to and then turned into jackasses. Quite literally. That's literally, like, that's a horror moment where the boy is like, help me, don't, like, let me, and then he morphs into an animal. That's like yep. a body horror movie. Where, that's like, some, yeah. You watch a you watch a child a prepubescent child scream for mercy, and as he is transforming into a pack mule, and uh, as he's doing it, his voice starts to change, and he like, haws. It's it's a it's scary as shit. It's carpenter shit is what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, fun, Pinocchio. Uh, fun thing about Pinocchio that was I think that was the one when Disney was alive. That was the one he was the most proud of. I remember he said. Uh, before his death this one will never this one will never be on home video this one will never be on vhs so long as i live i yeah, will re-release well. this every year and people will come and see it and then he died and then the company wasn't doing so good and then they released it we on had VHS. it on vhs we had it on like this very thick puffy vhs tape well the tape was rigid and plastic but the the case was like this weird thing i think disney actually did this for all their videos for a long time where they They had like this like cushion like if you've ever gone to an old person's house their toilet seat might be made of the same material (laughs) where it's soft and cushiony but also plastic and uncomfortable and uh pinocchio i remember their things were made of yes yeah i remember the pinocchio one was more squishy than all the other ones (laughs) 
but yeah, my dad used to be like, I like Pinocchio, I want you to watch it, but don't forget that Geppetto is Italian and they give him a German voice for some reason. Mm. I remember being like, who gives a shit? A strong, a strong thing for Disney when it comes to representing other races. They, they weren't good about that. Yeah. You could say. Um, the next one up is Fantasia, which put me to sleep as a child. Same here. Uh, I only, I only watched The Sorcerer's Apprentice. That's the only bit from that yes. people remember with Mickey and the hat and the Mickey brooms. the hat and it's the brooms. That's thing. the thing you remember, and that's the thing they they and like. Then, and then if you get older and go through a goth phase, then I'm sure you'll also be really into Night on Bald Mountain, followed by Ave Maria. Yes, uh, the Night on Bald Mountain is super awesome. Uh, my friends and I had reminisced about it, like what was the name of the of the short? What was the name of the song? You know, what, like what did it mean? What did it like represent? Who like it's literally like a demon, and he like here's a, well, well, here's a trivia question for you. Do, do you know the name of the demon from Night on Bald Mountain? I do not. It's Chernabog, and I only know this because of Kingdom Hearts, because Chernabog is a boss in the first there Kingdom you go. Hearts, and I'm like, really? That was his name? And then I look it up on the Disney wiki, and it's like, yeah, that was that was his name. Go figure. Yeah, and by the way, like, Fantasia is, like, art. And I don't it mean is. like art. I mean, like, as in a comma, art. It is art, and it's quite beautiful and breathtaking, and it's a really interesting interpretive... Uh, it, it's like the first music video, practically. <laughs> it kind of is, and you know what? I respect in theory what Disney was doing with that, and he even said when he was alive, you know, we're we're going to re-release this every year, and we're going to add new segments to it, and it's going to be an ever-evolving art project. It's a movie that's never going to stop, and they only did it once more with Fantasia 2000. Fantasia 2000 wasn't very good. No one liked Fantasia 2000. Hey, I mean, like, nobody that I knew that. liked Fantasia 2000. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's so much so that we're not even going to mention it on the list. Uh, moving on from there, uh, we get into Dumbo, which is a movie that they put on for me when I was a child every Same. couple of days. Like, that was a movie that, for whatever reason, I really gravitated towards, and I loved... It's, it's, it's a solid one. You know, Dumbo is such a fun blank slate. We can all kind of see ourselves as him. Exactly. Uh, there is, of course, the a little bit more of uh, overt racism in it. Yeah, the crows from Dumbo. Ah, oh, the one named Jim. Mm, mm. A little on the nose, or the beak, as it were. Uh, oh, ho, 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 ho. I see what you did I will there. say, best song in the Disney pantheon up until the Renaissance, I think is Elephant Fly. Uh, I love that song. I had it on That's my really iPod when people had those. And uh, yeah, just like I know it's like a terrible, you know... In retrospect, as kids, we didn't notice any, but it's only now in retrospect with 2020 vision. We're like, wow, that was, that was pretty racist. That's pretty bad. <laughs> like, yeah. I, 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 I am partial myself to Pink Elephants on Parade. I quite mm. like that one. That was my first, like, real trip out moment as a kid where I'm like, dude. It was Pink trippy. I, you know what's funny? I didn't really go for the psychedelic stuff when I was a kid and into an adult. So, like, I did, did not speak to me. Um, I there's like, there's yeah. that Pink Elephants on Parade bit, and if you're a Winnie the Pooh fan, they did a very similar yes. one. Uh, Heffalumps and Woozles. That was that was every time I would see Heffalumps and Woozles or Elephants on whenever anybody mentions it, I always get those two mixed up because it Cause is very like, similar. Just a 2001 psychedelic 60s trip. It's just bizarre. It's like hey, you know what kids are gonna love this little acid flashback we put in their movie. Yeah, uh, what's it called? Uh, Bambi was the first time that most of us experienced any semblance of tragedy in our lives. It's true. It's true. It's, it was kind of like an emotional milestone, wasn't it? I think that's the way they sold the movie to me, where it's like, hey, kid, watch this and learn a little something. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. 
Bambi is, I mean, it's it's such a cultural touchstone. Everybody talks about Bambi's mother. Everybody talks about... Uh, Animaniacs had a great bit, Bumby's mom, where they even make that bit in that show they, and make it into a comedy bit. They did that. There was uh, Godzilla versus Bambi as like a little like weird move before movie shorts thing. Um, if you are a huge Roger Rabbit fan, there is and a deleted isn't. line in which uh, Judge Doom is the tune who killed Bambi. Ah, that's funny. I he, didn't know that. He mentions that he, he's the guy. I killed Bambi's mother! Like, that's... That's pretty good. I like they that. They cut it, but I was like, yeah, but I think it happened. <laughs> that's that, that's fanon now is what that is. That's not fanon. canon. That's fanon. Well, it's true, because, like, what what evil tune could he be... Well, that's that's a Roger Rabbit cast, which we will have to do at some point, because that's amazing. And um, also a Disney thing, but also a Warner Brothers thing. There's a, there's a lot in Roger Rabbit. Yeah, it's a touchstone thing. Woody Woodpecker is in that thing. Everything, everybody's mm-hmm. in there. Droopy. Uh, and if we, and if we talked about that, if we talked about Roger Rabbit, we would also have to talk about Bonkers, the show that was <laughs> supposed to be Bonkers. Roger Rabbit but wasn't. I hated Bonkers because I was like, this isn't Roger Rabbit, and I know it was trying to be, and you clearly couldn't get the rights, or you didn't have enough tunes to use. Screw you and your crappy Bobcat. That said, the theme song Stop of Bonkers your original is, character bullshit. I will say, Bonkers theme is fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, it is. And Tiffany really, really liked Bonkers, and so every time I'm like, fuck Bonkers, she's like, more like, fuck you. And I'm like, fair enough, sorry. Here's the thing, again, because I'm a little younger than you, I grew up watching Bonkers before I actually watched Roger oh. Rabbit. It would be years later until I actually made the connection, like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, no, literally, like, the first time I ever went to a Disney theme park was the same year Roger Rabbit was released. Nice. So, like, that was a movie that stuck on me in a big, bad way. And, uh, like, the the like, Disney World was Roger fucking Rabbit themed. Like, they built the Acme Warehouse, and they built the toon-killing, like, truck. Uh, that was a, that was a crazy time. That's a crazy time to visit Disney. Uh, when we went to Disneyland, I went to, I went to Toontown, and the only ride that had a line, and the line was around the block, was for that ride, was for the Roger Rabbit ride. Of course, of course. And I was like, damn it. Uh, so we're going to skip a few things like Saludos Amigos, Victory Through Air Power, The Three Caballeros, Make My no Music, one. Song of the South. N- no one remembers those. No one remembers. That was in their weird, hey, let's do live action and animation together yeah. phase. Did you watch uh, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad? Yes, yes, I did actually. I did not like it. I this was really? I, I felt like it was a little too, like I didn't like a lot of Disney animation when it had to do with humans. Mm. Just kind of like I didn't really care for it. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't really. I the the Mister Toad thing really was lost on me. I don't know why. But what's your experience, Mister Toad? And uh, by the way, didn't get to go on the wild ride. But, no, uh, I know, right? It's like that's very misleading, Mister Toad's wild ride. It's more like a mild ride. Yeah, it was. It looked really lame. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I remember Mister Toad's wild ride being very British. I'm like, man, this is super British. Yeah. <laughs> That was my big takeaway from this, and you know the wild wood. I'm like, man, this isn't very wild at all. This is this is <laughs> you know this this is also a mild wood. Yeah. <laughs> Although again, you, you gotta love a Disney always coding their villains as uh, their animal villains, where it's like, yeah, weasels. They're not trustworthy. That's man. right. Although that's where the Roger Rabbit weasels came from, if I remember correctly. Oh, that's right. That that is right. Yeah. Uh, wow. Cool. And I liked the Ichabod Crane story. I liked. Uh, that's a good one too. I remember they would always play that one a lot on TV during Halloween, Halloween because. Yep. You know, it was kind of horrorish. I literally would watch it every Halloween until The Simpsons had Treehouses of Horror. And then I was like, bye! 
why would I need to now? They do a take. Exactly. Uh, moving on from there, we go into Cinderella, which is a movie that I watched a lot more than I care to admit. Uh, the I think we all did. It's fine. It's fine. You you can be yourself here, so right? I'm not going to call you on this. I'm a big Disney nerd, too. Yeah, it was very sweet. You know what's funny? I... I, I I don't think, I think if I had my druthers and I had control over what I watched, I wouldn't have watched nearly as much Disney as I did. I grew up, like, we could do this this episode because I've watched nearly every Disney movie ever made, uh, but I really, really preferred Warner Brothers back in the day. Uh, I felt like Disney was Warner like... Warner Brothers does better comedy. That's, I, that, I mean, that's obvious yeah, to anyone. I was legitimately like, Warner Brothers is for... Uh, is, is for cool kids and adults and Disney is for little girls and children. Well, um, Warner Brothers Disney has that kind of divide almost of like Disney Pixar now where it's like Warner Brothers, we got the pop culture references of the day and you know, we got the heroes who kind of wink and nod at you and everything, yeah. right? Yeah, but even then like Warner Brothers can't make a fucking Looney Tunes movie to save their lives outside of basketball themes. You mean, yeah, I was going to say, you mean you're not excited for Space Jam 2, The Jamming? Not even a little bit am I excited for that. I wasn't really all that excited for the first Space Jam, and I saw My it and... I took me to Space Jam, like, when it was a thing, like, opening night, because it was, like, a huge thing. Like, they, we, were, we all fell victim to the marketing push on that one, and Michael Jordan was the biggest thing in the world at that time. Yeah. I liked it, but it was, but I, but it's dumb. Heck, I remember the music video for, uh, for, uh, for the Space Jam thing off that album, which was also huge that year. The uh, you hit him high, hit him high, oh hit him God. low, hit him low. That had uh, actual clips from the movie. I can remember actually watching that music video and seeing the clips from the movie and being yeah. like, "That's cool, I guess." The only movie that I remember, the only music videos I remember thinking like, "Ooh, clips from the movie." Is a kiss from a rose and uh, ah. uh, kiss me, kill me, whatever the fuck, <laughs> thrill me, whatever. I don't remember. Hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me. I think that's what it is. How did I know it was going to be Batman related? Yeah, it was what? Batman. Uh, yeah. Oh, 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 also, after years of hating "Kiss from a Rose," I have now come around to be like, "No, man, this song." Oh is no, amazing. baby! I turned around on Seal in a big bad way after I turned uh, thirteen and started noticing girls and wanting to dance with them to Seal. Yeah, uh, yeah Seal grew uh, really yeah. got really interesting. I was gonna say, who, who, who had your back then? It was Seal who had your Seal's back. Like, then. do it. <laughs> My pleasure, my uh, <laughs> my pain. I'm guessing you didn't watch that remake they did of uh, was it uh, National Lampoon's Vacation? Uh, no. <laughs> Here's the thing: there's a really great bit in that movie where they build entirely around that Seal song. Like the dad just keeps wanting to listen to that Jesus. on the road trip, and the kids are like, "What the hell are you doing?" And it pays off in an actually really funny way at the end. <laughs> And I'm like, man, this has turned me around on this so much. Seal is great. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, next one up is Alice in Wonderland, which is a movie that I liked for some reason, despite my uh, my issue with psychedelic experiences. And uh, my my, it's funny. I remember renting it, and of course, back then you had to rent it from a store. You see, back in the day, uh, you had to go outside and go to a building which had an assortment of tapes. Or uh, well, later more information on, on this, see our episode we did on video stores. Exactly, but they had a tape of Alice in Wonderland. My mom refused to buy it, but she would occasionally rent it for me uh, because she hated it. She was like, "This is the most pretentious thing you like." Really, really. She hated it. She hated everyone in it, and she really didn't want me to identify with it. Oh. 
as such, I watched it, and over time, I just eventually grew out of it. I was like, this is this is kind of bogus. Uh, the only thing I like about Alice in Wonderland now is uh, Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit. That's pretty great. <laughs> which is pretty know, badass. I, I, it is badass. You will see that in every Vietnam movie ever and, like, every drug movie ever. And occasionally in a neat video game commercial. <laughs> that, too. You know, it's funny. I'm trying to think back on Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, I probably watched that one the least because I think, like, narratively, that one is incredibly uncohesive. But yeah. such is the nature of Alice in Wonderland because it is, it is a trip, man. It is literally a trip. trip. And it's just, just uh, who gives a shit? No rhyme, no reason. The Cheshire Cat is pretty awesome, though. I do love the Cheshire Cat. You get entirely too little of him. He's the only one you want to watch. And they're all boring and stupid. Uh, but you do get you. But once again, they do they they give you a little bit of culture. You learn about the walrus and the you get the walrus and the carpenter. I was literally I was literally just about to bring <laughs> up the walrus and the carpenter because I know we're both huge dogma fans. Exactly. That and when I saw that movie years later, you know, as a younger man or older younger man, that that's how they wrote me into that. It's like yeah, I remember that bit yeah. from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, holy crap, that's right. Yeah, the walrus and the carpenter. That is a little messed up. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a little messed up. It's weird. Even more messed up, you know, when you grow up and you read more about the dude who wrote Alice in Wonderland and what was informing him at the time, and you're like, oh, oh. Mm. I'm sure Disney did not pay attention to that. Although I am I'm amazed that sure it got, it I'm amazed that it slipped back, slipped past them at that point. Yeah, a lot of the stuff where it's like you wouldn't have made this today. No, uh, I mean they are making it today, and in fact they're getting Ironically. a friggin' through the Looking Glass movie to get more ooh, stupid ooh. Mad Hatter. <laughs> Who, who asked for that except for guys who own Hot Topic franchises? Yeah, exactly. Just the ones who own their... <laughs> yeah. The ones who own ties with Johnny Depp on them that they sell. Man. I uh, remember watching that and I'm like, this is so unnecessary. I hope Disney doesn't make any more live-action versions of their famous movies. And wouldn't you know it? Whoops. Uh, looks like they're continuing to do that. Uh, I mean, Maleficent made money hand over fist and became a surprise hit, so good for you, I guess. But does it mean we have to do one for everything now? Maleficent, they had been trying to make forever. Like, yeah. For whatever reason, they had been talking about that back when, like, Angelina Jolie was popular. And, mm. uh, like, you know, even... I mean, she still is kind of popular eh, now. Just, not nearly uh, as much not, as she... You know. Not hottest thing on the planet popular, mm. but still. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, the next one is Peter Pan, which, mm. uh... I don't know. No Peter Pan and the Pirates. I'll put it that it way. It ain't no Peter Pan and the Pirates. That. It ain't no Hook. But uh, that was that was my first thing, you know, uh, getting older. Where I'm like, you know what? TV did it better. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this this doesn't have Tim Curry in it. Not to say that the Captain Hook in that movie isn't great in his own way. He's pretty great. There's a lot of like interesting things. Uh, it does have a, a a very culturally sensitive song called "What Makes the Red Man Red." However, what makes the Red Man Red? How did he first say how? I'm like, holy <laughs> Christ! Don't don't do that. Don't do I that. I used to love. I used to love that song as a kid, but again, I went back and watched it just a couple of years ago, and I'm like, "Wow!" And they're like, how did, uh, "How did all of this go over my head?" It's 1953. Screw it. Are there really, you know, whatever? Then it's like, uh, yeah. That said, I am a really big. I have a really big problem with censorship, and so uh, whenever I see like that cut, or when I see them like alter Warner Brothers cartoons, um, mm. you know, like I get it if you're broadcasting it on regular television but like yeah when you're releasing it for home media like leave it alone like don't yeah. cut that so if i'm going out there to buy it myself i mean at least give me the credit that i'm a discerning right, well individual. don't make yeah don't make me make the like don't make the decision for me 
Well, I remember it was a big deal again to bring it back to Warner Brothers for a second when they released all those old Looney Tunes cartoons. They had a they had like a bit on the DVD called like the Filthy Fifteen, and I think they had like uh, Leonard Moulton and Whoopi Goldberg sit you down as like film historians and everything, and be like, "Look, okay, these were made at a time. Yep, <laughs> things were different. We're now we're gonna show them to you now, but we want to give you the important context before we show you Bugs Bunny nips the nips. It's it's basically like saying like saying we don't trust your parents to be able to do this <laughs> yeah pretty much it's like leonard malton and Whoopi goldberg needed to be your mom and dad for a second yeah uh, and tell you all about it you also of course have that great uh scene through which peter pan extracts more fairy dust by uh oh by, by spanking his uh, female companion companion a little ooh, bit ooh, ooh, what's that sound that's the sound of a million fetishes being born <laughs> across the world i just Is want a tiny that? woman to spank like what oh, the hell's happening? There's some fan art sites I could point you towards. I think I, I, I think I like started to recognize people like gaining fetishes from Disney, thanks in part to Peter Pan. I remember being someone being like, I think I'm gonna dress as Tinkerbell for Halloween, like, and someone being like, Yeah, and I'm like, Go for it. And I'm it. like, Well, that's I'm like, Well, who cares? That's Disney. Who? That's not. There's nothing gross and sexual about that. And they're like, have you seen Peter Pan lately? And I'm like, of course not. It came out in 1950-fucking-three, and I don't watch Disney movies. And, uh, yeah, oh, her outfit is just like, no kidding. I can, I can see what you're doing. It's, it's funny to think, too, that they continue to make Tinkerbell-related stuff Big now time. when... When uh when they don't really make Peter Pan stuff anymore, I think like he got the sequel that every Disney movie oh, got at yeah. some point. Hell, that's an episode in itself. Disney sequels, yeah, disgusting Disney sequels that no one asked for. Um, disgusting, and yet every so often you'll get like a Lion King one half or like a Cinderella three where they lean into the fact that what they're doing is stupid and they actually try and do something a little bit meta. Yeah, yeah. Aladdin three is is better than Aladdin two, I think. Oh, Return of Jafar. Well, Return of Jafar was just a pilot for the Aladdin TV series, yeah. was all it was. Although, it was a proof of concept. Jafar does get to finally sing, though. He does. You're only second race. <laughs> it's not great, though. <laughs> it's not a great... I remember loving that song when I was younger and then going back and listening to it. I'm like, this wasn't as good as I remember. Yeah, we, 3 was better. Yeah, we could skip this. Um... It, it's no welcome to the forty thieves, which is actually mm, pretty awesome. That is a great one, and uh, I think John Reese Davies plays the, the villain dad. in that one. Yeah, that was solid. Jerry freaking Orbach, who I didn't even know the coolest cop from Law and Order, the coolest DV. Uh, oh you know, yeah. Uh, Top, uh, Lenny Briscoe is the candles from Beauty and the Beast and is the villain in Aladdin 3 yeah. and he can sing like an angel yeah, Jerry man. Orbach was a huge Broadway star back in the day so him being Lumiere made sense um, but I didn't realize that until about two years ago. <laughs> what a talented man. One of the coolest, most hard-bitten friggin' TV cops can also sing and dance and Broadway it up. Yeah. Um, yes, DC Stranded. There was a Mulan 2. We'll get there. Um, that said... I never saw Mulan 2. <laughs> Tiffany saw it. I've seen parts of it. It isn't great, but there are great moments, if that makes sense. I, I judge my Disney movies by the villain, and I'm like, okay, who was the villain in Mulan 2? Oh, there was no villain? It was just kind of a road trip? Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, I'm good then. But then again, Emperor's New Groove? Oh, yeah, no, Yzma's a great villain. Okay, never mind. Yzma <laughs> is a great comedy villain, and that's the thing, too, about Disney villains. They come in genuinely scary or yep. good because they're funny. Yeah. Um, Lady and the Tramp is a movie that I watched a lot as a kid. I loved the crap out of it because it had... The element of danger that I wanted, but the 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 
the hokey resolution that I needed as a child. Oh my, yes. Where Rusty is clearly killed by a carriage, and then it turns out he's not. Is it Rusty no, or Dusty? I don't remember. It's been so long since I've seen it. I feel I feel like an idiot because I didn't know. Yeah, uh, but a lot of great stuff, and it is Rusty. Um, it that, 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 that I didn't like it as a kid. I liked the song that the dog who looked like Janis Joplin. <laughs> oh God, yes, sang. yeah, he's a tramp. That's such a such a haunting, like soul like shattering song. For me, it is. I, I never. My, it's funny. I remember talking to. Uh, oh yeah, Ian Powell reminds me about the Siamese cats, and they're really yes, racist I song. Please, you please. Oh. This, when you look back at it, yeah, that's rough. Uh, but that said, um, I remember as a kid finding it kind of boring, and later on watching it again, I I love the tramp. I I he is such a like. He's so fun. He's he's the he's he's if you like Han Solo or Rogues then or he's the Star Han Lord. Solo of dogs. Yeah, he's like the Star Lord of Dogs. He's a lot of fun. Uh that he's, said Lady, Lady and the Tramp is like a classic rom-com only with dogs and animated. Yeah. Uh I I I loved the voice for the Tramp and I looked him up years ago where I'm like what was he? Was he like a Fred Astaire type actor? Like, where did he go? Nowhere. He fought in World War II, he acted in Lady the Tramp, and died. That's all he did in his life. Those really? three things. Wow. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Amazing work. Never did a damn thing after that. I mean, like, he did other things, but, like, nothing notable, nothing worthy of, of mention. Like, just really, really cool. Uh, but that wow. said, that's really all. Uh, Sleeping Beauty, I don't give a shit about. Moving <laughs> Sleeping Beauty. No, I, I watched. Well, again, that's the one with Maleficent. That one had a great villain in that yes. one. I think that's why that one maintained. Maleficent's a real villain and a real female villain. And there's no, yes. there's no bullshit. She's she hates this chick. She turns into a dragon. She is. She slain. hates her for wonderfully petty reasons too. Where it's like you didn't invite me to the christening of your child. Now I will murder your child for this slight. Yeah, and I, I think she might. She rivals Jafar. In Very coolest so. villain, um, Jafar great is great, design. but Maleficent is just so evil. Like you're just like, oh, this is so uh, great. The, the three other fairies are pretty fun too. Yeah, so they're they're fun. Um, the, the, the problem with Sleeping Beauty is that Sleeping Beauty herself isn't much of a character, and even then, you could argue that she has a lot in common with uh, with Cinderella and yep. with Snow White, and it's the beginning of the whole like, oh, I live this idealistic life in this you know beautiful Disney esque world, but I want more though. It's just it's well, it's the it's the the, the Disney princess syndrome. That's where it comes from. Yeah, that's where it comes from. I uh, want. Horror. 101 Dalmatians is a movie that I loved as a child. We're getting into the 60s yeah. now. Uh, I loved the music and everything. Cruella DeVille is a one-dimensional monster villain. Uh, but still pretty good, though. Still also, pretty good. Also, hey, if you're evil, you smoke. Mm-hmm. That's, that was my first time really thinking of that, where it's like, oh, of course, evil characters smoke. Just yeah. look at them. Now, that said, it's funny. Uh, when I was, having gone to Disney and going to like this ridiculous restaurant, that was they, had a, they have this restaurant, and it's built to look like the theater that premiered Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. 
Oh. Which is like, only Disney would do that, where they're like, let's build a restaurant that looks and behaves, ex- and, and looks and is designed exactly like a movie theater from the, from the 30s. <laughs> um, and it has like marquees, and when you go in, it has one photo of Walt Disney with a lit cigarette walking into the premiere. Nice. Back and when you could do that. Back when you could do that. Every image of Walt... Listen, Walt Disney smoked like every man in 1930. and It was, it was, it was as standard as putting on your socks in the morning. And everyone was... And he was photographed with a cigarette in every photo. Did, and, I, did you see that Saving Mr. Banks movie with uh, Tom Hanks? No, I didn't see it. I thought it looked a little too, uh, little, looked a little too saccharine. It, it is, but hilariously, one of the side plots of that is Disney trying to quit smoking and trying to keep his smoking private. I'm like, that never happened. Not even a little bit, but uh, I will say... It's, it's so hilarious because, like, uh, the real-life Carol Travers was like, no, I don't want you making a movie out of uh, Mary Poppins because you'll saccharine and Disneyify it. Yep. And they did, and now they have saccharine and Disneyified the story of her disagreeing with them to make <laughs> the movie in the first place. I'm like, wow, I guess they got the last laughs on you, They sure it, did. Let's retcon what really happened, too. <laughs> that's, that's fine because Travers in real life was a monster, so that's okay. <laughs> she she adopted a child and then took the child back. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, the the real creator of Mary Poppins was not a nice lady. Shocking. Um, I know, right? But, uh, yeah. Um, let's see, uh, 100 Mountain One Dimensions, Sword in the Stone. I think that's one of the forgotten Disney movies. It kind of is. That one gets lost in the shuffle because it's not about a princess. I not mean, about Disney a princess. Friend Butter is the princess. It's not about a princess. There's no really memorable songs. I will say there is a pretty solid song in oh, there. But, 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 or, uh, no, I'm thinking that, that was You're thinking of Bibi. Mary Poppins now. But no, like, I'm thinking of Madame Mim. That was a oh, good yeah. one. I don't remember what the hell the song is, but it's when they're moving everything. Uh Great, great movie. Really, really fun. That also has a dragon in it. The owl, pretty great. The owl's amazing. Merlin's fun. Uh, it's really cool. It's just a just a solid flick. If you ever just like fuck it, I'm gonna hang out and watch a movie. I would throw on the sorcerer and stone or the 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 yeah the sword and the stone. It's 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 their more laid back kind of comedy. It is. Thing. Just a little bit of fun. Just a little bit, like uh, whatever. Like, and it's like you know, we we did fairy tales, so let's try and do some Arthurian lore while we're at it. But not really Arthurian. But lore. not even a little bit, because no. Then they struck gold with the Jungle Book, which was mm-hmm. a, a movie I loved as a kid, and apparently that, everyone that's my loves. Dad's favorite Disney. Movie. Really, that's not a surprise. It's a solid, solid fucking movie with some. Also, the last one Disney worked on before his death. Oh, interesting. That that shows considering the next one, um, but. Have you seen the new Jungle Book? I haven't yet. I'm hearing mixed things on. Some people are saying it's better than it had any right to be. Some people are saying, like, eh, just watch the animated one again. That's funny, because I've only heard great things. I've heard amazing shit about that movie, and... I hear Idris Elba plays Shere Khan, and he is the most gangster tiger you have ever seen. That sounds awesome. I'm down. Uh, I gotta catch it He'll leave you hunting ground for a bit, and then motherfuckers start to forget, huh? (laughs) He basically gives that speech. He basically gives, like, this Mafia Dawn speech, where it's like, oh, I was in jail, but I... I came back and now y'all forgot about Khan. That's that's pretty solid. Um, the Aristocats. Uh, what can you everybody say? Wants to, everybody wants, wants to, to be a cat. cat. That's um, that's the only song I really remember. That Jungle Book had so many great songs, from King Louie to the Bare Necessities. Yes. There was a lot of great ones in that. Yeah. I, I, that's another thing about Disney. They're only as strong as their villains, and they're only as strong as their songs. Oh, easily. Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame died because of its non-songs. I think. I, I didn't really I, care for I, it. I came to respect those songs later mm. in life, I would think. 
Uh, but we'll get to that when we get we to will, that. We will, we uh, will. Robin Hood is a movie that is certainly l- really, really close to my friend and associate's part or a heart. If you ever uh, go to rudekandthebear.com, you can check out some character designs. It looks pretty influenced, and he's a huge fan. Um, it's also interesting because that's where you start to see uh, reused animation in Disney. Yep, yep. They uh, they reuse some dog stuff from Sword in the Stone. They reuse the dance stuff from Bear Necessities. Honest Trailers, when they did their thing for Jungle Book, they went back at that and said, hey, look at all these shots they reused. Yeah. Uh, look at the side-by-side comparisons. It's it's almost criminal. Little bit, little bit. Uh, the many this was before the internet when you could call people on this. Yeah. The Rescuers is one of the most boring for-your-grandparents movies ever made. Uh, and The Fox and the Hound is the movie that made me hate Disney movies forever. Really? See, I actually watched a Fox and the Hound a lot growing up where it's like, hey, kid, it's about racism. It's about racism in the South. See, I uh, hated Fox and the Hound because the lesson, more or less, that I extrapolated from it at the end was, like... Sometimes you like sometimes there is no like solving your problems and you have to like leave people behind and it's like I didn't I did not care for it. Like that's that's a pretty dark lesson. It was really rough. Like, you know, I'll help you this one time, but because of who we are that we cannot change, I have to leave you forever and I'm like fuck that. <laughs> it's you can't break down the walls of racism cuz some people just can't change. Yeah, and I'm like fair enough, I guess. Jesus Christ. Thanks for that heavy fucking lesson. I'm just trying but, to watch but, but, a movie but, as a child. But, but but wasn't but weren't they cute though as kids though? Didn't they have fun though before the yeah, way of the world they really crushed their fucking, spirits? They that was a bait and switch. <laughs> they were like, "Here's something cute and fun. Wham in the fields. Gotcha." Um Man, that train, when that train came on down. Yeah. Ugh, Ugh no. That was harsh. Uh, Black Cauldron, the other forgotten Disney movie. V- very Lord of the Rings. I think that one was forgotten, you know, kind of unfairly in its way. Oh, I know yeah. that was another one they tried to make forever. This was also a time when the company was kind of all over the place. Yes. And, and, like, this was, like, a passion project of the dude who had taken over. He was, like, adapting it from, like, several books. It was kind of like the animated Lord of the Rings one that you got. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, it's cool. I never watched it as a child. I just, my parents must have missed it or didn't like the look of it. Because I know my mom hated fantasy. Like, she didn't like Lord of the Rings. She didn't like Star Wars. She didn't like any of that crap. So, and by crap, I mean stuff that I adore and, and really respect. So <laughs> it is it is by far the most like heavy metal looking of the Disney movies. It is. I mean, the Horned King is like a Swedish metal cover. Yes. And his plan of like, I will have undead soldiers rise from this black cauldron yeah. and it will be awesome. Uh, folk talk about like people crapping on the black cauldron. The only time I ever hear the black cauldron referenced at all. And since I heard of it to now, the only time I've ever heard people refer to the Black Cauldron, it is with wistful adoration and respect. People just being like, it's, oh, the Black Cauldron. Super, it's like you're either a super fan or you forgot it existed. Or never fucking saw it. I just or that flat too. out missed it. It was just a movie I just didn't catch. There's there's very little room for, you know, uh, th- there's very little room for anyone who didn't like it or didn't love it or, like you said, forgot about yeah. it. Here's my thing. If they if Disney continues to keep wanting to make live-action versions of their stuff and they keep wanting to give stuff to Tim Burton, why don't you tell Tim Burton to make a live-action Black Cauldron movie? I think he could make that work really yeah, right? well. <laughs> uh, it's too obvious. They're like, mm too obvious. Yeah. The next one up is uh, The Great Mouse Detective, which has Radigan, who's an amazing villain, has a great song. Um, yes. I thought that, like, 
that the that the idea was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd heard that the Great Mouse Detective was written around the actor who played uh, Sherlock Holmes. Basil of Baker Street. Yeah, that like he had played like there was basically a dead actor played Sherlock a bunch of times, and they just used his dialogue from like radio dramas and shit, and and wrote a Sherlock Holmes mouse movie around it. Uh, Well, with the power of the internet, let's search that right now. (laughs) That's what I had always heard. I don't know if that's true. Basil Rathbone. I don't. Th- I think that oh, he's. Oh, which would make sense. That's why the. Ad, but I think why that, the mouse is named Basil. Yeah, I think that uh, that's the name of the detective in the movie is Basil. Um, yes. But uh, and, and of course, um, if you're t- if you're looking at voice casts, Vincent Price plays. How great is that, Professor Rattigan? And he is spectacular. By um, God, is he ever? He swings he chews the fences every, that. Yeah, he literally he chews, chews a hole through every scene. <laughs> he does, and it's great, and you love it for it. Like, never have I loved... Oh, I think that was a movie that helped me begin to love overacting as a child. Yeah. I'm like, yep, this is how you do it. Yep. Ooh, yeah, he's amazing. Um, because we don't have a lot of time, we're going to move on to... Uh, we, start, we said Roger Rabbit is technically considered to be a Touchstone Amblin Disney co-production. We're going to yep. do a whole episode about... Roger Rabbit at some point in the future. Oliver and Company is an utterly disposable fl- flick. It is, and it was also like this is when like the celebrity drivenness of it started. Yep. It's like, hey, look, we got Billy Joel in it, everybody. Yeah, you kids, you kids love Billy Joel. You kids right? love that Billy Joel in 1989 or whatever. I do, I, I do love a lot of the songs out of context, though. Like, uh, oh god, like, uh, why should I worry? I think is actually pretty well done. But you could tell they wrote that to be a single and not to be part of a right. Movie. Seriously, I cannot name a single song from that movie. I know I've seen it. And I don't remember a damn thing from it. Go back and listen to Why Should I Worry. It's they got that, and then they have a great reprise of Why Should I Worry. Nice. At the end. Uh, the why next... should I worry? Why should I care? I think that was when people were like, "Uh oh," and then they made The Little Mermaid. Yeah, and thus began the second great renaissance of Disney animation, the second golden age, the Eisner years, the, uh, yeah. Yep, when you're talking about great villains, you can do no better than Ursula the Sea Witch, who has amazing pipes, uh, amazing motivation, is evil to the core, scary, monstrous, and just overall badass. Based based on Divine, the famous, uh, the famous crossdresser. Oh, yeah. Um, it's funny, actually, a friend of mine from college has nothing to do with anything, but a friend of mine from college got to sing with her. Oh, and nice. I was like, I hope you sang uh, the song. <laughs> Poor unfortunate, Poor unfortunate souls soul. In pain uh, like, and I, I think she did. I think that, she, and, and I think she owned it too. Like, she was like, Yeah, no, I, I know that that's the song everyone knows me for. And by the way, it's a killer song, so I'm happy to sing it. Dude, every song in that movie is like a slam dunk. That was the thing yeah. about the second golden age of Disney in the 90s. Every song was just a killer showstopper. And sadly, the dude who wrote most of those songs is no longer with us. He, uh, he, he died of AIDS, actually. Oh, that sucks. That does. Before that, all the great songs you remember were by the Sherman Brothers. Uh, that's, yeah. Yeah, like Sherman. Bro- oh. There was a great documentary about the really? Sherman brothers that I think you guys should hunt down. You know, it goes through their whole life, their career, and of course, as brothers who worked together, there was a long period of time when they hated each other and wouldn't speak to each other. 
But they eventually came back together at the end. They worked on the Tigger movie. I think that was the last one oh, they worked good. together, which that is why was... the Tigger movie had great songs in it. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even bother because it was called the Tigger movie, and I was like, mm, no. I know, right? It seems to be. It's actually pretty good. That's it's bizarre. actually pretty good, and the songs are pretty good in it because it was these two back together right. after years apart. Uh. Yeah, uh, the, the, the it, I think it began the, like, full albumization of Disney, where it's like, oh, just buy the album, you'll enjoy the whole damn thing. It's, it's like, let's make an opera out of this. Yeah. Kind of what they're doing. And uh, it, it spawned kind of like the karaoke for us here at uh, Comic Pop, where we'd be oh, in a God, car yeah. going someplace far and be like, okay, let's just do whole suites from the Disney Renaissance. Fun, fun fact about uh, Little Mermaid 2. Did you know originally when they test screened the audience uh, for kids and everything, they wanted to cut part of your world? Ugh, what a yeah. mistake. They were this close to the songwriter, uh, Mencken or Ashby, I can't remember what his oh, name yeah. was, but he basically put his foot on the ground and said, no, this is this is the whole backbone of the movie. You need part of your world in every great Broadway production. There's a moment where the leading lady, you know, sings about what she wants. And right. This is it. You need it. <laughs> yeah. She steps away from the cast, gets a spotlight, sings a song about her, about her, That's about her exactly struggle. exactly what he said. For, uh, there was another great documentary about him in the second Disney Renaissance, uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty. For those mm. of you who have never seen it, you should check it out. It is so wonderful and so like all inclusive. Yeah. Um, another movie that is, I guess, part of the let's put it in the in the forgotten category, but it's still pretty solid, is the Ducktales movie. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that one technically kind of technically counts. counts. It. It's a movie. If we're counting a goofy movie, we're counting the Ducktales movie. Uh, Ducktales, Disney solid Disney show. Afternoon. That's got to be another one all to itself. Disney Afternoon's a whole show. We gotta do that. Um, Ducktales the movie. We'll talk about it maybe in the duck in the in the Disney Afternoon thing. But it, if you like Ducktales, it's good. It's underrated. Same with the Goofy movie. I think it also t did that neat thing where it takes elements from the movie and then brings it into the show. That too. One of the rare instances where that happens. Uh, next one is Rescuers Down Under. Another fucking who gives a shit movie. But I, it also I I, 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 I I sort of remember the first Rescuers. I do not remember Down Under Down... except for the fact that Down Under. For the big flying scenes and everything that they did, that that was a young that was a young Pixar. That's how Pixar started. Ooh. How they needed to get that computer technology started. It was a solid looking movie. I think John Candy played the albatross. There's a lot of great stuff in there. Uh, it's more watchable than the than the original Rescuers, um, especially for children. Uh, but at the same time. It's also, like, weird and, like, needless. Like, there's no real point in it. I think it's kind of about conservation, because he kills, like, a rare bird for its feather. It was, and... it was also a big failure they were dealt after this. Again, if you watch that Waking Sleeping Beauty documentary, when they call, like, whoever was in charge of the fledgling Pixar at the time, who totally killed themselves to try and put all that stuff in order and make the flying scene so cool, where it's like, sorry, dude, failure. Uh, yeah. Better than the original Rescuers, though, and it's funny because after that, we get the other movie that I think either was nominated for Best Picture or won it. I think it was just nominated. Beauty and the Beast. It was nominated. Uh, Silence of the Lambs won that year, but it was a very close contender. You know what? Fine. Silence of the Lambs is amazing. <laughs> It, it, it's rough, man, where it's like, I love both those movies a yeah. hell of a lot, and I, I love them both at different points in my life. I like Silence more. It's just it's just a film, as opposed to Beauty and the Beast, which is just fun. Well, it is one of those, like, animation historians will tell you, had it won that year, it might have actually gotten animation out of the ghetto that it is often yeah. relegated to yes, in best, America. Like best animated feature, Shrek 4, or a yeah. Pixar movie, or this Miyazaki film, like, fuck you! you. 
you, you mean a Pixar movie every year that wins because they have the money for it? That's yeah. why. Well, unless it, yeah. Uh, what's that movie? Shark Tale or? <laughs> you mean every Away. animated movie that came out this year gets nominated? Yeah. Well, except when it wins isn't. They have the most. Yeah. Yeah. And Pixar wins because they have the most money to throw around. They win for stuff like Brave, even in years when they shouldn't win because other studios like Leica made way better movies. Brave was solid. I'm gonna give Brave. I'm gonna give Brave. Yeah, Brave was shut okay. Up, Joel. <laughs> Paranorman deserved to win that year, Tiff. I'm sorry, Paranorman is better than Brave. You know it what? Though? That Coming year. from a girl's perspective, right on, Brave. Yeah. Okay, okay. I will admit it definitely speaks to the female uh, perspective more than a lot of other movies did, and that is what makes it special. Yeah, I didn't see a story about a mother so. and a daughter. Yeah. But Paranorman, Paranorman was really good, and Laika's Day Will Come. Beauty and the Beast, we talked about it a little bit because we said that... Uh, uh, Another slam dunk, beautiful movie. I got that was the first Disney movie I ever got on Blu-ray. Oh, nice! And I popped, I popped that one into my PlayStation Four, my nice big fancy TV. That opening shot of the castle with the stained glass windows yeah. and everything, eye meltingly beautiful. It is great. It's a solid fucking movie. Um, Gaston is great, delightful, and spawned years worth of amazing, hilarious Disney performers at the parks. Okay. Uh, if you've never Google or YouTubed Gaston performers. You should, because he's great. Um, Gaston's a great villain, too, because he walks that line of A, being really funny in the first half of the movie, then being genuinely terrifying by the yeah. end. Yeah! Also, the first time I saw blood in a Disney movie. Yeah. There's, like, that bit, I think it's still seared into my mind when he's literally getting a lynch mob together. Yeah. I'm to go thinking, kill the beast. He literally plunges a knife into the side of the beast and then pulls it out and blood pours out of him. And I'm like, what is happening?! What a beautiful on-the-nose line, too. You know, we don't understand it, so it scares us, so we must go and destroy it. <laughs> exactly. That's literally a line. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, a little on-the-nose characters like Le Fou. Oh, mm. The Fool in French. Solid. Nice uh, nice subtext there. Um, then we get, uh, but by the way, spawned, you know, years worth of, it has another solid soundtrack, it's beautiful looking, uh, it also is a decent, it, it's a nice adaptation of a, of a, of a story, um, and it got the, uh, the, the, the Linda Hamilton, uh, Ron Perlman taste out of everybody's mouth. If you're not familiar oh, with the Beauty right. and the Beast live action TV series, uh, you should watch it, because it's, uh... Written by George R. R. Martin, if you knew that. The Game of Thrones guy cut his teeth writing for that show. Yeah, freaking weird, uh... Very. Uh, as people are saying in the chat, again, another of like a million great songs. Yep. Be our guest. Uh, no one fights like Gaston. They're they're all winners. They're, they're all, all winners. Great. Exactly. Uh, the next one up is my is what held my favorite Disney movie ever slot forever until Pixar came along, and that was Aladdin. Aladdin is great. Aladdin is really awesome. Just just unbelievable. You could say everything you can. Uh, it, it lost Best Original Screenplay because Robin Williams improved too much of his lines. So they couldn't give it to them because technically it wasn't uh, it wasn't written. It was <laughs> that was that, that was a big fight actually. Uh, Robin Williams said, "I'll do it. I'll be the genie, but I I don't want to take up this much of the commercial time, and I don't want to take up this much of the poster." Yep. They, and uh, they they did it anyway. They said, "Screw you!" And then they apologized by giving him a Picasso. A Picasso, which um, Eisner just happened to have a couple laying around. Yeah. Here you go, have an original Picasso. And he's like, "All right, I'll do your straight to DVD." 
Aladdin three and so you so you don't have to get the voice of Homer Dan Castellaneta to be me. By the way, you know they got Dan Castellaneta to they had finished the movie. He recorded all his lines and then they found out they got Robin Williams and they just threw it away. (laughs) Well, hey, he probably got paid. He got paid. He got paid. Don't feel bad for Homer. He's doing fine. Um, next one up, I'm not going to count this because it's uh, from Skellington Productions, is The Nightmare Before Christmas. It could be its own episode. Uh, it's pretty great. I though. think we can talk about it on Halloween. We'll, we'll get there. But the next that one. That is a good topic. Let's, yeah, let's bookmark that one for Halloween. I right? like that. Uh, the Lion King. Uh, that is the, other people's favorite thing ever. It was mine for a long time, too. Heck, my, I got taken to that one up. My mom was a nurse, and so her and like all the other nurses got like discounts to go to theater, so they'd bring all the kids. I remember being brought to that one opening night, That's and that awesome. was a thing. Yeah, I that was a thing. I was old enough to not want to see it, I was like, nah, that's lame. And everyone in my class is like, wrong, it's great. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I think everyone has that moment in their life, too. And like, man, I'm too cool for Disney. What, what is this beach? Uh, you know, what is this bullshit, Yeah, what is this crap? And then they were like, it's great. And I'm like, oh, it is. And, and I like, cried. It's great. And then like, then like a Frozen will come along and be like, nah, man, cold doesn't bother me anyway. Then it'll <laughs> become meme worthy. And then everyone's like, well, crap, I guess I got to see I guess I got to go see this. Yeah, um, Lion King also preserved the whole, like, this new phenomenon of, let's put characters that are from our time into this universe. Like, Genie was a fourth wall breaking yep. contemporary character. Timon and Pumbaa are not yet fourth wall breaking, but at least contemporary. It's just Nathan Lane having fun. Yep. D- Disney's first gay parents, Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> Yeah. They adopt a small child and he turned out fine. Turned See out everybody. Fine. He became a ruler of a whole country or or rock. He basically became president of the jungle. It's <laughs> fine. Um because everyone loves and knows Lion King again another whole like albums worth of great songs. A- every song is perfect. Every song hits from Circle of Life to Be Prepared. Yep. It's all like everyone's a winner. Everyone's a 10 out of 10. I will say, one. you know what I don't like is the morning report. From which the deleted is why they scenes, cut it. which is why they cut it. Uh, not great. I liked it better. Apparently, so okay. There's a song called "Morning Report." They actually got this terrible actor to sing the song after it came out on Blu-ray, and it's uh, it's terrible. Don't waste your time. But they used they sold that one for the DVD release, where it's like, and for the first time ever, we put the morning report back in the movie. Yeah, and then you see it, and you're like. I see why you took this one out. This one actually kind of kills the flow. Not very good. But um, <clears throat> they use clearly they use the lyrics from it and give them to Zazu for him to kind of say in the background of Mufasa teaching Simba how to pounce. And I love it because if you're listening for it, it's like all these terrible animal puns yep. where he's like, okay, so the buzz from the bees, the leopards were in a bit of a spot. And you're like, wait a minute, what is he saying? This is hilarious. Oh, like, uh, so that was Rowan Atkinson who was, uh, who was Zazu. Who oh, was that's awesome. That stuff. Yeah, I told the elephants to forget it, but they can't. Like, that's this is gold. And it must have been just... Just butchered lines from the song. I guess. Um, I guess. Everyone was saying, "Remember goose stepping hyenas from be Re- be prepared." Again, How a little could on I the nose. Not? A little on the nose for me. But also kind of perfect. And then I like years later when you when you actually like start taking political theory classes, and it's like, well, what was Scar's real thing? He, what was his platform he was running on? Hey, work for me and you won't starve. Yeah. Um, also, it took a while, but um, be prepared. Sang most of it by. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Irons, but then when he sings, yeah, when he sings, you won't get a sniff out of me, or we won't get a sniff without without me. He blows out his voice and he can't sing again, 
And so they get Jim Cummings, staple of Disney, who played Darkwing Duck, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Everyone. You've Shocker e- in the 90s. Yep. If you've, ever, if you've ever heard Winnie the Pooh's voice, and then you hear any other cartoon from 1980 to, to 2012, uh, and you think to yourself, that kind of sounds a little bit like Winnie the Pooh. It is, and it's Jim Cummings. Um, Jim Cummings, who would be back again for Princess in the Frog, where I'm like, man, do they keep you chained in the basement, man, and you just come up whenever they need you? I mean, like, he's a voice actor, man. I think he's just happy to get the work what an amazing mimic to just be like okay now i'm jeremy Irons, meticulous planning yeah. tenacity span. but it's <laughs> but once you hear it you're like yep there's the break um a goofy movie is solid it is story about a father and his son and a road trip there's there's a lot going on under the there's hood a lot going one. on in there and if you uh if you missed out on the 90s then you missed out on the paulie shore character that's right. hey, it's the leading tower of cheese. You might buddy. think this character is hilarious and original. I don't know because you would never know who Polly Shore is. Trust me, he's just it, he's just doing that. And, and instead of being a dog, man, he's kind of a weasel, buddy. <laughs> um, next one up is Pocahontas, which, as a kid, I was like, boring. I don't care. Uh, later on, I'm like, oh. This is fucking solid. A, mo- a movie about Amer- American imperialism. Mine, mine, mine. That blew my mind. I remember when they were like, we're doing Pocahontas. I'm like, too soon. I remember as a kid being like, too soon. I'm like, this is too recent. Everything else is set like a million years in the past. We're doing something where we have tangible, like, we Pocahontas is real. We have stuff she owned in museums. Yeah. We, yeah, it was an actual person. Like, yeah. We know it, it's so reasoned that we know the movie is horseshit. Like we know the story that you're trying to tell is baloney. So for me, I was like, this can't hold water because no one will accept it. And then it was the music was so good that who cares? Colors of the Wind, man. Colors of the Wind is fucking solid, man. Uh, and so mm-hmm. is the one where they're all getting ready to go. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah. Savages. The, 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 the ethnic cleansing song is also pretty good. So, Savage is solid because it's like you know it's about the white man to call the, the the Native American savages, but the Native Americans are calling the white man, and you're like, it's, it's that when you break it down, we're all horrible and racist. Yeah, I'm like, right on, man. That's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big solid. fan too of that when they're talking about the white man, where it's like, yes, they have uh, sticks that shoot fire and lightning, and I'm like, yeah, 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 pretty yeah much. it's pretty scary. Um, the next, the, okay, so now we're in the, this is when we get into Pixar territory and Pixar is a whole other episode. So we're not going to, we're going to kind of halt, but I, I think we should at least talk about the last gasp of Disney animation in the world of Pixar because mm. Pixar changes the game and becomes something else. It, become, it turns Disney animation into another thing. And it, I think it torpedoes Disney animation as we know it. Like, well, they would still come back and do some good stuff. And yeah, they but, still it would, but it was never quite there again. Like, Pocahontas, I think they were, like, actually worried that Pocahontas was going to... I think they were, like... I think they were working on Pocahontas and Lion King at the same time, and they were, they like... They were. They were doing a bunch of these at the same time. And, and they were, like, well, we gotta release Pocahontas. I don't know about this movie about lions. 
Well, that was – again, if you watch the documentary, if you watch Waking Sleeping Beauty, they they thought Pocahontas would be the slam dunk. They're like, yeah, it's East Side Story in colonial America, man. This one's so going to win it. And then they're like, eh, Lion King. You know, it's lions and stuff. It should be okay. It's just ripped off Hamlet slash Kimba from Japan. Who oh, cares? God, yes. I remember when someone pointed that out to me years later where it's like uh, Lion King is just Kimba the White Lion. And I'm like, that is bullshit, sir. Then I looked at him like, oh, wow. Oh, they, shit. They this stole is... liberally from this. this just theft but uh but but it's fine when the mouse does it yeah god forbid if you try and reappropriate anything from disney oh he'll destroy you but uh we'll we'll end it with the last couple because like all right you got uh hunchback notre dame which i didn't care for in any way had no interest in it i think i think it has aged better i think i enjoy that movie now when i go back and watch it as an adult because there's there's a lot of stuff going on there about the church and everything and how dark and crazy that can be the the one thing though is you know another thing disney started was the disney sidekick thing where you can have a story but everyone needs a wacky sidekick. (laughs) in in pocahontas even the sidekicks had sidekicks but those sidekicks did not we're not wisecracking like time travelers from 1996 like being weird gargoyles yeah yeah it wasn't just george from seinfeld in stone form or timon and pumbaa being like big gay parents it's no like pocahontas just like the 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 animal are cute but they don't talk they don't have like jobs or 401ks like they're just they're just animals they're just the, kind of the weird cute. thing about the gargoyles and hunchback of notre dame is like you could tell for a second there maybe they wanted to tell something a little darker where it's like oh this dude has gone so insane for being in a in a bell tower his whole <laughs> life only he can hear or see them then it's like ah the goat sidekick saw them Nah, they're real too um although megabyte from reboot plays the voice of the church guy dude tony <laughs> j man and tony j can sing dude yeah, he's awesome uh, next man, one up, d- dude, Hellfire Man, where it's like you know talking about lust and Catholic guilt and everything. I'm like, this this might actually be too hardcore for a Disney. Yeah, movie. I think if I'd given it a shot back in the day, it would have res- really resonated with me. Um, next one up is Hercules, which I was like, at that point, I'm like, no more. That's enough. I don't have any I, time or patience for this I, crap. Again, being younger than you, I had more <laughs> like mileage for these. I, I I liked Hercules. Again, every song is a winner, but dude, friggin' James Woods as Hades. Yeah, and he's happy to play him, even in the show. Even in the video games, he's one of the few (laughs) people who comes back where he's like, yeah, I'll be Hades, I'm fine, I'm not doing anything. They got the girl who played Ariel to play Ariel, I think, in Kingdom Hearts. They did, yeah, they got they got quite a few. Dude, they got the original Alice in Wonderland uh, Alice to come back for that game. She was like 80 at the time. (laughs) She was like 80. She's um, like, yeah, I'll, I'll come do it. Yeah, I, I like Hercules. I like the Hercules Zero to Hero show that they had going for. Maybe I liked it too because they took the Hercules story, then added a bunch of Rocky and superhero tropes to it. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, Hercules yeah, sh- had to get the eye of the tiger, and he had to basically be Superman right. as well. I like the show better than than, than the movie. The um, show was fun. The show was underrated. Yeah, Mulan is a movie that I completely, as a kid, was like. That's no, I'm not gonna watch that. And then later I watched it. And I'm like, oh, you actually tried. Like, yeah, there's there's solid stuff. Because at that point and I'm like, wanna... Pixar, you why well, why bother? And then they were like, obviously, no, we can course, still do stuff. Like, <laughs> obviously, of course, the song everyone remembers from Mulan and can sing along to "Be a Man." Oh. Must be as a Sometimes I'll just throw it on uh, when I'm working out or when I'm just sitting and watching computer movies and stuff. 
Uh, it hypes you up, man. It, it gets does. you going. Uh, but like, yeah, everything like everything about it is just pretty solid. Uh, Ming Na uh, Wen Luis plays Guzman Mulan. Was one of the guys in that movie too, and I'm like, what fun casting of Luis Guzman. Yeah, this. right. What fun. What a what a weird decision. Uh, but what a cute little movie. And Mulan, I think, if it were ten years earlier, would have been huge mm-hmm. instead of just good, just solid. Um, also, what's it? Uh, uh, I think Pat Morita plays the emperor. Yeah, that's right. Pat Morita is the emperor, and the, 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 they do some weird stuff with casting, which I don't think you could do today because they cast like Chinese and Japanese and everyone all as the same. Just race. whatever. They got uh, James Hong uh, played the 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 vizier or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, James Hong always great. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure B.D. Wong was like the love interest in that. <laughs> I think you're right. Which is um, hilarious because B.D. Wong is gay in real life. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Eddie Murphy plays nobody who cares. Uh, Eddie Murphy as the – what a weird – like, okay, we need to recreate Genie, who's yep, a funny, fast-talking guy. You know what's cool, though? That, like, it's almost like they gave they gave uh, Mushu the role that Robin Williams wanted Genie to take, where it's, yeah, like, diminished. Yeah. yeah, a smaller role. I'll be there. I'll be funny, but I won't devour the whole movie. Yeah. It's ironic because he's a dragon. He would want. To I mean, he. Was, I mean, he was funny and he was good, but he was also very transparent at the same time. Oh, and as people are pointing out, nice comic connection there. Uh, May from Agents of Shield That's right. is the voice Ming of Mulan. She's how, spectacular. How amazing is that? Yeah, she's great. She's uh, yeah, she's, she's great in everything she, you see her in. She was well. She was also Chung Lee in that horrible Street Fighter movie, but that wasn't oh, her yeah, fault. Oh yeah, let's not talk about this. Movie. That's that wasn't her fault. But just just be amazed that one woman is all of these things. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Tarzan, I skipped at this point. Literally, you could just be like, I didn't watch any of these until Atlantis: The Lost Empire. I, I like Tarzan. I watched a lot of Tarzan, but this is the problem too, where it's like they thought of the soundtrack first and wrote the movie around it. Yeah, that's not is what it was. Not how you do that it. being said. Bill Collins has some good ones in there, you know. Stra- Strangers like me—that's a good one. Mm. Uh, I thought Clayton was a pretty underrated villain in that. Yeah. He has easily one of the most graphic deaths of any Disney movie. Now yes, guys, that's where he gets hanged by vines. That's rough. Hung. And it's a nice bit of thematicness too, because he's been fighting the jungle the whole time. The, the jungle more he slashes at vines, the deeper and tighter the noose gets. Quite literally, it's pretty—it's pretty on the nose, but I like it. Uh, then we got Fantasia 2000, which I said we weren't going to talk about, because who cares? <laughs> oh, moving on. Uh, but then we got The Emperor's New Groove, which is a which movie... Which is really fun. I straight up rejected it out of hand. I was Me like, too, David Spade, no thank you! And, uh, everybody that I knew, Ben, Tiffany, Ethan, like, everybody was like, this movie's great, it's really fun, I love it, Emperor's New Groove, I'll watch it anytime. And I'm like, alright, enough. Get, get- it's better with age, too, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, Earth, Eartha Kitt as Yzma, oh, how funny is that? But, like, every, at one point, I'm like, all right, I'm watching this movie, and I watch the beginning, middle, and end, I'm like, this is great. This is... Did you... I did not did, know that Disney was capable of being legitimately funny. Yeah, being that funny, because they hadn't been for so long, no. is the thing. Yeah. To be funny and sweet and have, like, a buddy trip road movie yeah, with, with John Goodman. With I think John, John Goodman is a Goodman. really untapped actor. Not everyone can get him going, no. but once they do, he can be, he can be great. He's, fa- he's, he's phenomenal. David Spade tugs at your... Like, he makes you care. Uh, Eartha Kitt is, bre- is, is perfect. Oh, uh, Patrick Warburton is crunk. Amazing. What a great sidekick. Yes, what an amazing sidekick. Everything works Did- in that movie. Did you know originally that movie was supposed to be way different, too? Originally, yes. it was going to be a more straightforward, more serious musical, and Sting was attached to do all the music for it. Yeah, I think they wound up using that song. I don't know where, but maybe not even in that movie, but they kept it. 
Yeah, like th- that's around somewhere. There's a bunch of songs that hit the cutting room floor. Apparently, he made like a whole album's worth of songs that they just threw out. Oh, that sucks. It was supposed again. It was supposed to be like a big environmental piece movie too. Uh, yeah, like, that makes sense. It was trying to like steal the sun or something. And then they're like, "How about he turns into a llama and lols are had?" Basically, and in the end, I'm glad they went for the lol. Me too, because it's totally more worth it. Um, Atlantis: The Lost Empire is another forgotten Disney movie that I think is okay. The animation is really, really, really good. I think it's hand-drawn animation mixed with CG. Um, Father Guido Sarducci shows up yep, in it. Poor uh, Michael J. Fox is in it, and I think at that point he was already starting to feel the effects of Parkinson's mm. disease. But you were like, "Yay, he could still do animation." It was it was cool to see them go in like a different direction and be like, "Look, you know, they're, they're not all going to be big operatic no. song-driven things. Let's <laughs> let's try and tell stories and see how that goes." Right, and it didn't go well at all. Also, it, it's all right. If they'd said it in World War II, it might have been a little bit more successful. Mm, mm. I just think because World War One is just such a hard movie, it's such a hard backdrop to put it against. Because because you don't have great villains in the Nazis. Not really. I mean, like you got the Kaiser, which like oh whatever. Yeah, they had the spiky helmets, man. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what they're setting uh, Wonder Woman against. So good luck. Yeah. Yeah, good luck. Well, it's, it's almost as if another star-spangled hero had already taken the World War II era or you something. You know what? He's, that's his. <laughs> Cap um, has laid his claim to World War II. No, no one else coming here. This yeah. is my area. Uh, skipping sequels and Pixar movies, we then get into Lilo and Stitch, which I was like, oh, this is good. Which, which is like, okay, we're going to set it in Hawaii. It's going to be a real down-to-earth thing with aliens, though. And it's going to be mostly Elvis music and traditional Hawaiian yeah, stuff. Yeah, just very sweet. I really liked it. I liked all the designs. I liked... Uh, I, I, at that point, I had liked Kids in the Hall, but then noticed the oversaturation of Kevin McDonald and was like, that's mm-hmm. enough out of you. Please stop. Uh, and so that kind of... Re- it didn't wreck it for me, but I was like, boy, he need- anyone else would have been a little better choice. Um, but the message of bubbles, bubbles is my favorite. Bubbles is amazing. Uh, stitch is cute. The relationship between the two sisters at that point, I'm like, that's what I'm watching it for. And it's it's real, man. It's like real and it's harsh and it's very un Disney too. Cause like most of the time in Disney movies, it's like, Oh, your parents died. Yeah. But you still had like an idealistic relationship. It's like, no, here's like a single parent home trying to make this. It's just like, no, their parents are, I think both parents are dead or the dad left or something like that. But like something like that. Yeah. The dad left. And the sister's raising the do- raising her sister. Like it's, it's good. Like it's just a good little movie. And if you ignore all that crap with the aliens, like it's actually a really heartwarming it's, movie. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a like a seriously good Lifetime movie. Yeah, if you take that other stuff away. Yeah, and I, like for me, I think that's kind of where it where Pixar is like, okay, you can keep making your little flicks like Treasure Planet and Jungle Book Two and Brother Bear, but at the end of the day, everyone's gonna go see Finding Nemo. So, Brother Bear, yet another one uh, where Phil Collins is like, okay, let me write a whole album around this. Yeah, and no one, no one saw Brother that. Bear isn't bad, but it could have been great. It pulls its punches where it shouldn't, but then it also goes really hard other places. I think uh, Disney also at that point was like, let's put out some Studio Ghibli movies and see if that works, like Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle. And it's like, those aren't yours. Stop making it like that. But we got a bunch of great American actors to do voices for them, like, though. Fine. They, you know what's funny? They all, they did not get great actors. They got great like movie actors who who are not voice, voice actors. actors. And when you get that, you don't get you don't get magic. 
Meanwhile, you could have just gotten Tom Kenny and everything, and he would have just done the whole thing. Right. Or like Billy <laughs> just, West. Billy Billy West would have just done all the voices for just you. Just Billy West and uh, crap. Sarah, what's her, or uh, Tara Strong. There oh, you go. No, I was gonna say, uh, what's her name? She played Ivy on uh, Where in the, Where on Earth Is Carmen San Diego and Jennifer Hale. You just get Jennifer Hale, oh, Tom Kenny, and too. Billy West, and you have a movie. You have every. You have every movie. <laughs> you have every movie ever. They could just redub the whole thing on their own. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, there's more we could do, and we might have to do like a sequel to this episode because, like, we didn't even touch Home on the Range. Uh, okay, but that one's not worth talking about. I, I will talk about Princess and the Frog, though. That one is genuinely oh, yeah, Princess also and the Frog. Worth. That after my time. At that point, I'm like, like Disney's like, no, we can still do. Look, we can still do the thing that you liked from 20 years ago, and everyone's like, come on, Incredibles that- is coming out. <laughs> That that was a throwback in the best way possible. I mean, come on, Doctor Facilier from Keith David. Keith what a David. great villainous role for that. That's like how they used to be, man. Yeah. No, that's solid. also also at least two killer songs in that. That that's the one problem with Princess and the Frog. There is that uh, there's really only two killer songs, and the rest are sort of filler. Yeah, exactly. Um, we also would like to do a special separate Disney movie where it's the Disney movies that they made when they thought they were losing the Pixar license and then started making some great shit. Uh, Tangled is cool, too. Tangled. Wreck-It Ralph. Big Hero 6. Trying to ape what Pixar was doing at the time. Yep, but you know what? They fucking nailed it. Like, Tangled, Big Hero 6, Wreck-It Ralph uh, are are all really, really solid. And we haven't even touched Pixar. I would say they're in a new renaissance now with stuff like Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, and Zootopia. Zoot- oh god, Zootopia is wicked. And I just saw that from just the same recently. people, so it's like gotta watch it. Like, but yeah. they're doing it again, man. Yeah, it's true. But uh, let us and know. That's the thing about Disney too, it's peaks and valleys. It's all circular. They come yeah. around. Exactly, exactly. They yeah, they. It's like the Yankees, in as much as like, you know, they may lose once in a while, but they got the, they got the money to win it. Like they got the money to get they, to they get can the win. They the best people for it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's. I'm surprised. I'm surprised no one down in the corner there. It's like, hey, what about Don Bluth movies? Uh, the only thing you need to know about Don Bluth movies is when Disney is up, he's down, and when Disney's down, he's up. You know, it's funny. Don Bluth, man, that dude worked for Disney, hated the reuse of animation, hated like the whole uh, Henry Ford factorization of Disney movie. It was like, no. And then it's basically the image comic guys of animation. Except, well, then he well very much so. Because because he was then like, oh no, it's expensive and hard and I've got to start reusing animation and I have to do all the same things I was shitting on Disney for doing in the first place. If uh, if you watch that Sleeping Beauty or Waking Sleeping Beauty documentary, there's a great bit in there where they talk about Don Bluth's Exodus. Apparently, him and like 14 other of the animators that worked there absconded on his birthday in like 80 whatever. Mm. And he like, he staged like a big walk out there. He was like a Che Guevara revolutionary. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, people in the chat want to talk about Pixar. I know we're gonna do a whole Pixar thing where I can talk about like the Schindler's List of Toy Story movies and everything like that. Like it's, ugh, everything about those movies are spectacular until you get to dinosaurs. I have um, never seen dinosaurs yet. I feel like maybe I should watch the good dinosaur. Uh, no one saw it. But no one saw. Yeah, well, well, it's funny because they had such a great hit late, earlier in the year with like uh, Inside Out. Then like, what? They had another one this year. Yeah, and the Good Dinosaur. I think. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's another story. And now, since time is short, I'll accept the motion to adjourn. Well, I I move that we adjourn. Second the motion. All in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed. Motion is carried. 
Close the meeting, Robin. I want to thank everybody for watching this episode of the Elseworlds Exchange or listening to it if you're catching it on iTunes or SoundCloud. Don't forget, if you use our custom URL at audibletrial.com slash comicpop, you will get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. You can get over 180,000 titles that you can download onto your phone, either i or Android, Kindle or MP3 player. Use that custom URL of audibletrial.com slash comicpop and get yourself a 30-day free trial and one free audiobook download like The Hobbit. And we'll see you guys next time in an all-new episode of Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. Thanks a lot for watching.